BDR's Prime Partners podcast delivers insight on services, resources, and business practices that can help your company succeed faster. Listen and learn for ways to take your company forward. Welcome to the Prime Partners podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is understanding the options for financing your business growth. Joining us today is Brandon Bolin, Vice President, Service Contractors at Live Oak Bank. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. It is a pleasure to have you, and I think it would be great for our listeners if, uh, Brandon, could you just introduce yourself and your company, Live Oak Bank, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, Brandon Bolin, Vice President of the Service Contractor Team here at Live Oak Bank. Uh, We are a little bit of a unique bank, and sometimes I say weird as compared to what probably a lot of listeners think of a bank or the local bank that they use. Um, you know, most banks are set up where they have a bunch of branches in a geographic area and they don't really specialize in any one product or any one business, right? But we've actually are the exact opposite of that. We have one bank branch in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we specialize in just a handful of industries using a handful of products. We don't make any type of consumer loan or loan to homeowners or, or what have you. We're solely focused on businesses. And our team here at the bank focuses on home service companies, mainly in the HVAC, plumbing, and electrical trades. And because we focus on that specific industry, the FDIC allows us to lend in all 50 states. So I'm sure BDR has listeners. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm positive. I know that BDR has listeners all over the country, and we can finance them in any state, even though we have just one bank branch. Um, and so as a position of a lender here on the team, you know, my role is to get out there and meet people in the industry and to really educate folks on the options that they have from a banking perspective to grow their company. Um, and a lot of these options that I provide are stuff that Livo can provide, but there are also other banks that provide them um, as well. So our goal is just to, to allow people to know what their options are and how that they can grow their home service company. That is great, Brandon, and I love your educational approach to this. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, theme of our discussion today. A couple of things I would also mention. Um, one, Live Oak Bank is, is BDR's go-to partner when we recommend uh, uh, banks to work with for our, our clients. And um, something about you, that you recently were named uh, one of the top 40 under 40 HVACR professionals. I was, and, and I thank you for, for bringing that up. It uh, definitely surprised me to get named there. Um, you know, really, you know, it was an honor to be named along so many folks. I know BDR also had uh, somebody in that group as well. Um, so just really honored to be alongside those folks and named in that list. And, you know, just the goal overall is to, to get, at, get out there and let, the, let people know the options they have um, you know, to grow their businesses. Right on. Well, let's uh, let's get into that, Brandon. So our topic here, we want to talk about the options that, that companies have for financing their business growth. And, you know, from the BDR perspective today, it's at the bu- your business has to be actively growing for, for a lot of reasons. 
one, we need the, the profitability um, so that we can be expanding and creating new opportunities for our team members, uh, as well as better servicing our customers and then being able to reward our team. Uh, today, if a company's not growing and doesn't have the, the capital to, uh, you know, uh, have great benefits, uh, great tools, uh, great career options for employees, they're going to have a hard time with employees. And as challenging as that is today, uh, it's just critical. So I love that we're talking about this. So I'm going to, my first question to you is, what are some reasons that contractors would look to financing to support their business growth? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question. And there are, I'll kind of preface my response with that. There are a variety of ways for people to finance the growth of their business, right? My, my expertise is definitely, you know, in banking as it relates to a bank giving a business a loan, but there are, you know, and that's what I'll focus on on this, uh, you know, on today's podcast, but there are numerous ways, you know, that could be from bringing on a partner and them investing in your company to having personal cash that you invest in your business. Or if you're looking to buy another company and you finance that sell via a seller note where the seller almost acts as a bank where you pay them over time. And, and there's a variety of ways, but you know, what we really focus on here at Live Oak is, is, you know, Live Oak Bank providing a loan to a business um, to grow their company, right? And there's a lot of different uses and needs for why a home service company would want um, to provide or, or to get bank financing. And what we focus on here at Live Oak, um, mainly when it comes to the home service space, is going to be called an SBA 7A loan. That's a small business administration 7A loan. And what that is, is it's a government guaranteed lending program. I'm sure um, everybody's familiar with, you know, the PPP loan and, and EIDL loan that came up during the pandemic and really brought SBA financing to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. But the 7A program is something that the SBA has year in and year out that allows banks to provide cash flow based financing to businesses to grow, whether that's working capital, if you want to expand your business into a new service area and you want to invest in direct mailers, a new location, hiring, training vehicles, rewrapping those vehicles, you can get a working capital loan using uh, the SBA 7A program all the way to buying a business or buying real estate and really the significance of the program because the loan is going to be guaranteed by the government. So 75% of a loan is guaranteed to, to a business by the Small Business Administration. So if a bank offers you know, a $300,000 working capital loan to a home service company via the program, that's backed by the government, which the significance to the borrower or the business owner is that the approval is largely gonna be based on the cash flow of the business or really the profitability. You know, BDR really focuses on businesses being profitable so when we look at a company to, to, if they're interested in growing via a variety of uses, we look at their profitability to make sure they re can repay the loan. And we're not as concerned. We are, we still want, you know, we'll take a lien on a business as, which is per usual, but the loan does not have to be fully secured by collateral, which is really important in the home service space because if you're, you know, looking to buy another business, 
another heating and air company. It's worth a million dollars. You know, $100,000 of that value might be equipment and the other $900,000 of the value of the business is going to be goodwill and intangible assets that can't be used to secure a loan. And a lot of banks will shy away from doing that because it's not secured by real estate or hard assets. Whereas the SBA loan allows people to tap into the value of their business or the value of their industry via this program because banks are able to lend to it based upon the cash flow of the business and not necessarily the collateral. So it really opens up the uses um, for why a home service company would use the program. And I'd say the main uses of the product are going to be working capital um, to uh, expand into new service area or hire folks, um, buying a building or renovating a building that you already own. Because even though, you know, everybody's on the trucks and the job sites are away from the, the contracting company, uh, still folks want space for their dispatchers, their CSRs, their office staff, training rooms, and having a big facility for that can be helpful. And the SBA loan can be a commercial mortgage in that sense. And then also a big hot topic right now is going to be mergers and acquisitions. And that's probably the main use of the product in this industry from our standpoint as of today is helping home service companies acquire other home service companies. Okay. Well, man, there's a, a lot to unpack there, Brandon. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Uh, so the SBA 7A loan, is there a, a minimal amount that you would loan? What's kind of the range of uh, um, amounts that, that you see? So for the, the actual program, a bank can provide an SBA financing from $5,000 all the way up to $5 million at any one time. So a pretty big variable. At Live Oak, our minimum loan amount is about $100,000, so a little bit higher, and we'll go, go all the way up to $5 million. But that's kind of the range of, of the program for how much you can borrow. Okay. Uh, so then... Um... What are maybe, can you give some of the pros and cons of uh, choosing the SBA 7A loan as an option versus other types of bank financing that might be out there? Yeah, so the, the two main options, and we as a bank offer both, and both of them have pros and cons. Um, you have the SBA 7A option, and then you have a conventional option, which conventional is really just a term for it's not backed by the government and it's a normal bank loan where the bank is assuming 100% of the risk versus a portion of it with an SBA loan. And with an SBA loan, the path to getting approved is going to be a little bit easier than a conventional loan just because of that SBA guarantee the government is offering. So with an SBA loan, your pros are going to be that your your because the the, the approval of that loan is going to be on the cash flow of your business and not necessarily collateral, as well as owner credit and owner resume, your hurdle to getting approved is a little bit lower than say with a conventional loan. Um, and with an SBA loan, you know, there are some, I would say not necessarily cons, but a part of, part of the program, right? Where uh, if, if the loan is not fully secured by collateral, we do have to take into consideration, you know, personal residence, putting a, a second or third lien behind the first mortgage. And then it does have a personal guarantee on it. Um, but the terms of an SBA loan are going to be longer. Uh, there's no origination fee. 
Um, if the term of the loan is less than 10 years, there's no prepayment penalty, meaning you can pay that off as quickly as you'd like. Um, there's also no financial covenants as well in an SBA loan. Um, so nothing beyond making your monthly payment. And then we can also include working capital in the loan. So if you're looking to buy a business and you want to invest in rewrapping the trucks or they're paper-based and you need to invest in field management software, we can include cash in the loan to help make that transaction work. Those are the pros and cons of an SBA loan. And it can also be document tested during closing. Um, but overall, your path to being approved is easier with an SBA loan than it is with a conventional loan. With a conventional loan, still a great product, um, mainly for larger, you know, larger companies that are well capitalized, that have really strong cash flow, that have a good cash balance. So the hot, the hurdles to getting approved for a conventional loan is a little higher because the bank's risk is a little higher on that loan. But when you do get it, you know, I would say probably the biggest pro is that you don't have to pay an SBA guarantee fee which an SBA guarantee fee can be around 3% of the loan amount, which we'll roll that in the loan, but that's an expensive closing cost. Whereas with a conventional loan, the origination fee is gonna be a little bit less. Um, and then on top of that, we don't have to consider outside or you know personal residence. We aren't mandated to with a conventional loan. Now that might be different by each bank because each bank is going to have a different credit box when it comes to a conventional loan. Um, but that's kind of the pros versus the, the SBA loan. And you probably have a, a larger down payment with a, a conventional loan and a shorter term with a conventional loan. So more money out of pocket and your monthly payment's gonna be higher because you have less time to pay it back. But there's a lot of pros and cons to each program. We always suggest if you business can, if you are not too big for an SBA loan to leverage the SBA loan program as much as you can, because there are some great terms with it. And then you can move into the conventional realm. Um, and one of the best terms, honestly, with an SBA loan is that there is the possibility for 100% financing. Uh, meaning if you're an existing business looking to buy your real estate or buy another business, there's a possibility where you don't have to come out uh, with a down payment. So that's a nice term, especially in the heating and air space where hanging on to your cash is uh, you know, vital. Uh, you were not kidding about being educational, Brandon. This is <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> really uh, nice job of uh, breaking out those differences uh, between the options. Um, wanted to to dive in specifically. You mentioned that that cash flow is is one of the things that is very closely looked at in you know either option that you might choose for bank financing. Can you speak more about what would be considered good cash flow? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So cash flow can be, I, I would say what we'll hone in on is what's known as the debt service coverage ratio, which what we want to look for is essentially the business's ability um, out of which cash flow is typically going to be called the net operating income of a company or EBITDA. Um, earnings before interest, tax depreciation, amortization, where you add in all those numbers, and I'm sure everybody's BDR profit coach is really going to know how to come to that conclusion or calculate that amount. But essentially, what we want to make sure is that the business is able to repay any debt and still have some retained earnings left over to be reinvested in the business or held on the balance sheet as cash. 
Just when we provide financing, you know, our biggest concern is just going to be making sure that the business is going to be able to repay the debt. We don't want to ever give somebody a loan that the business is not going to be able to be repaid from the cash flow of their business. Okay, great. Um, so uh, imagine I'm I'm a home services contractor, and um, you know I'm, I'm thinking I, I want to. Uh, do some expansion. Um, what are the kind of things I would want to have in place? Um, would my first move to be, okay, I need to go talk to Brandon and he, and he's going to guide me through this, or I should get some things ready before I talk to Brandon first. Uh, how would that work and how can they prepare for this process? Yeah. So we always, we always suggest if somebody's interested in growing their company this way, even if they don't have an opportunity right in front of them, or if it's something they're thinking about, that's going to be a three or four or five year plan to call us to understand what type of documents they will need um, to have available or what their business will need to look like or how high their personal credit will have to be um, to be approved for a loan. Because we want to be a crucial part of the planning process so that people are well in advance. They're really educated and informed by their banker as to what they'll need um, when the time comes to whether it's buying a building or buying another business, essentially what it will need to look like. Um, and, you know, the handful, I won't go into every single document, but let's say somebody does have the opportunity to like right in front of them that they would like to enact on. Maybe they're looking to buy a building to expand their physical footprint. Um, you're going to, we're going to be interested in getting business tax returns, uh, year-to-date financials, uh, as well as a few personal documents as well, just to be able to review the business and review it financially. Um, that's kind of the steps as to how you know people should get in touch and kind of the documents that they'll need to think about when they'd like to move forward. Okay, good. I think that's helpful, but I, I like the the thought of, of reaching out to an expert, whether you know Live Oak Bank or, or whomever, to bring them into that process sounds like really early on um, so that uh, they're uh, following uh, the, the correct steps and making sure they have everything uh, in place. Absolutely. And we've had, um, we've had many of our customers where a year or two before they even planned on doing something reached out to us and they got their financials in mind, boosted their personal credit, and then they had the opportunity to buy a building for a million dollars and um, and it was really actually it, it can be a smoother process just because they already know what to be looking out for during the approval process and closing process and just makes it smoother so we really encourage reaching out early and often just to stay in touch with us and and so that we can answer any questions for folks to say go through the process of growing their company in whichever way they choose yeah i, I love that and I, that's such a great point that um, being ready is, is crucial and even looking out, you know, a year or two in advance, as you said, um, I think that's a, that's a great way to approach this and have a, a plan, uh, and then connect with the, with your, with your banker, um, from then on. Um, so let me ask you this. You mentioned that, uh, one of the hot spots is, uh, mergers and acquisitions. Are there any, um, differences with the, with the process related to that or is it same process 
Um, what can you tell us about what's going on in that area? Yeah, so process-wise, it'll be very similar. You know, the big three things we look at are um, business cash flow, personal credit, and owner resume. And if you're an existing owner, you're going to have that resume already checked. And then when we look at a the opportunity to finance the acquisition of another business where our loan, essentially the proceeds go to the seller at closing and our buyer, you know, now owns that business. We're going to review their existing company to make sure that it provides a strong foundation for growth. You know, if somebody is not profitable or they're struggling and they think acquiring another business will help them out, that's probably a situation where we would want them to get their business where it's a, at a strong foundation financially to then grow and buy other companies, right? Um, and really the only additional steps to that process from an approval standpoint are going to be reviewing the financials for the business um, that they're being, uh, that they're looking to acquire. Now we also, to be honest, we'll go look at if, if a business that you're looking to buy a business, we'll go check out their Google reviews and their better business bureau website to make sure they don't have a bunch of complaints for technical issues and stuff like that. But a lot of the, the due diligence from a, a cultural and operational standpoint, we really will ask questions and see if make sure that the buyer has a business plan. Because um, a lot of things you want to think about because we can look at the financials and they can look good on paper, but people also want to make sure that it's a good cultural fit for their business, that it, there's a lot of synergies and stuff that when they do acquire a company that, you know, what does the transition plan look like from seller to uh, for the, from the seller to the new buyer you know there's a lot of things to consider so a lot of that will ask questions as well and i'm sure there's bdr coaches out there and other bdr clients that have gone through the process that could also help but that's kind of what the process looks like in a nutshell without getting too much into the weeds okay yeah no that that's great so let's talk about maybe going the other way say i'm a uh, uh an older business owner and, I, and I'm looking to sell my business. Um, do you get involved on that side of things as well? Maybe um, helping that seller work with, maybe they've got someone in their company that, that is open to buying the business and, and needs a loan. Is that something you also work in? Yeah, absolutely. So succession plans are uh, a big part of what we do. Uh, we know there's a lot of people out there, especially with folks, um, you know, in the baby booner generation that are, you know, getting to the point where they're thinking about next steps in terms of selling their business and going on to, um, you know, retirement or, or different um, endeavors. And so a lot of folks are thinking about um, selling their business to employees or they might have a partner. And when you sell to an employer or partner, there are different ways to structure it from the banking standpoint. But one thing we really suggest to people is to, if you're thinking about selling your company and you want your money up front where a bank is going to be providing the financing, ultimately our customer ends up being that employee or that buyer that is going to buy the business from you. And we really lean heavily on understanding what their resume is, what their personal credit is, do they have ability to put 10% down? Because if you're a, a, a first-time buyer of a company, you'll have to put 10% down. So they'll have to save up for that. And then we want to make sure, you know, in the trades, we want to know, you know, if, if they'll have the license required, you know, what is their plan there? 
So really, if you want to exit the business and sell your company, identifying a successor that has good credit and you know doesn't have a bunch of legal issues and stuff is going to be really important so that you can sell your business to that next generation. Um, but that's something that we do, and we suggest folks that are looking to do that, whether buyer or seller, to reach out early and often to understand what the you know, what the requirements are going to be so that we can finance that that succession plan. Um, and then on the flip side, if you have a partner that you want to buy, you want to sell your share of the company to, there is the opportunity, if you are an existing owner of a business and have owned that business for two years, you can get 100% financing to buy your partner out if there's, you know, 10% equity on the balance sheet. So there are two ways to enact succession plans, you know, one with employees who don't own any ownership and then partners that do have ownership that want to buy you out. So there are two different ways to do it, but, you know, without getting too into the weeds, because it can't, like you said earlier, this can be uh, educational is a nice way of saying very detailed. Um, so I won't get too into the weeds, but those are the two options we can do from the succession planning standpoint. Yeah, no, that's great. And, the theme I'm getting out of this is we got to be thinking ahead, you know, almost regardless of what we're doing and that the further out we look, the more ahead of time that we engage and uh, a, a financial expert like yourself in this process, the better off we're going to be, the smoother things are going to go, and we're really going to be able to achieve our, our end goals, whatever that may be. Absolutely. We've... Um... You know, we've had a, a couple examples where, you know, with private equity interests in the industry right now, where the goal of the seller was really to sell to their GM, but they had never gone through the process of figuring out what that might look like and what a bank's requirements would need. They were approached by a big group and they threw out a number to them and the seller's like, wow, that really caught my eye. They went to their GM and said, hey, I got this offer. I'd really like to sell to you though. And the GM's kind of like, Oh man, I'd really like that. But they never talked to banks. So they didn't understand what to look for. Um, and they'll call us up and we'll be like, Hey, you have to put X amount down. And you know, they might've just bought a house and, and put money down there and they wish they had saved it so that they could buy the business. That's just one example. But um, that's why we encourage, you know, buyer and seller to always, you know, be looking for your options out there so that, when the opportunity does come, you're not blindsided and you're prepared for, you know, what a bank might require. Yeah, that, that is great advice, Brandon. And then I think too, for those folks that might be part of uh, BDR's coaching program, this is the value of, of your business plan here, uh, looking out into the future, uh, you know, one, two, three, five years out in advance when you might be making some of these decisions and then keying yourself up to approach the appropriate experts uh, as needed. So that's great advice. Um, can you talk about um, what, what's the, the best uh, way if uh, somebody's listening to this and they say, boy, this, uh, this Live Oak Bank sounds like somebody I want to um, start talking to because, uh, you know, I want to, get some working capital to do some things, or I've got a company I want to acquire, succession planning. Um, how do they connect with you, Brandon? 
Yeah, so I would say most of our, I, I, every, I think, BDR profit coach and coach in, in, in BDR system is knows us and I've, you know, had personal conversations with and emailed back and forth. And you can go through your profit coach to reach out to us. We ha we've had, um, I'd say, the majority of BDR clients uh, come to us via their coach where they make an in email introduction. Um, but also happy to hand out my my contact info, Matt. Is that okay to do over over the, the podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So my my email address is brandon.bolin at liveoak.bank. Um, and then my desk phone is 910-550-2858. It, uh, that will be forwarded straight to my cell phone. So folks will end up with my cell phone number, but I figured I wouldn't throw that out there just yet, even though everybody will get it. But that's the best way to contact us. Um, you know, 24 seven, we are available, uh, to speak with you, email you, um, text you, what have you. Um, to answer any questions you may have about the process. So. That is excellent, Brandon. Uh, and, you know, from the BDR experience, you've been a wonderful partner, you and Live Oak Bank. And, uh, yeah, there will definitely be folks listening to this that aren't part of BDR's coaching programs. And um, now they know how to get a hold of you, which is awesome. Thank you for the, the opportunity to have me on today. Yeah, so I think we covered a lot of uh, ground and you did a really nice job of balancing between getting us into the weeds and, and keeping us uh, at, a, at a level that we can uh, kind of be uh, strategic and, and at, um, not get lost in the details, I guess I would say. But with that, um, was there anything that maybe we missed or, or that you would still want to mention um, here today, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we really missed much. You know, like you said, it can be a very detailed process, and I'm certainly somebody who knowingly struggles uh, in trying not to be too detailed. <laughs> um, but I would say overall, really, for folks, um, the concepts talked about today, the products, you know, any bank, or not any bank offers SBA loans, but there are other SBA lenders out there. There are banks out there. You know, you have Live Oaks, you have other opportunities. I just encourage you to talk to your lender and understand the options available to you and your business so that you can plan for them. So when, you know, that local competitor who you've always, you know, kind of wanted to buy their company does come up for sale, but they want to close in three months, that you already have a relationship with a banker who knows your company and can help you act quickly to get it done. So I just encourage folks to have an open dialogue with, with their bank and understand the options available to them because it'll just overall help them grow their business um, in ways that they might have not thought possible. So, yeah, absolutely. A, a banker should be part of a uh, part of your team um, so that you're ready to capitalize on the opportunities when, when they're available. So that's a great way to, to end this. I think uh, here today, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Matt. All right. Well, uh, for our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, be sure if you're thinking about expanding uh, and you want to know more about financing that through uh, bank options, Brandon's your gear guy. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.